Hello and welcome to the Cleaning Matters podcast, sponsored by the Facilities Event. Today, we're joined by Mark Yankovic, who's CEO of Delphi's Eco. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Chris. Lovely to speak to you. It's very difficult to do these things because we try and keep it topical, uh, but obviously things are changing every day in the news. The general discussion that we're hoping to have today is, I think the phrase that uh, you're using is, clean can also be green. So I think with what's been going on this year, has the sustainability effort that's been so prevalent throughout the cleaning sector, has that kind of tipped off the scale? Well, Chris, thank you for, for having me on your, on your exciting podcast. Um, clean can also be green. Well, cleaning obviously right now is, is on everybody's mind and everybody is um, either a panicking about it or trying to do their, their absolute best, uh, which means that people are using cleaning products um, at, you know, at, at a huge, in huge quantities and, and, and an exceptional amount. What you know, my business does is makes cleaning products that are eco-friendly and that are designed to be safe for the environment and safe for aquatic organisms. And what we're saying is that you can actually get cleaning products that aren't nasty bleachers that then get poured down the drain and, uh, and have a, uh, a, an unintended consequence when we're trying to be as clean as we possibly can in our, in our homes and our work environment. I think during the initial lockdown, the main concern was people actually trying to get hold of a particularly sanitising uh, equipment. Did you notice, after the initial panic, did you notice a change in the way people were contacting you with inquiries? Um, well, I, I think if you're a manufacturer of, of cleaning products, you know, from the second week of March, the, you know, your, the phones just started to melt. Um, we had phone calls coming in from six in the morning till ten at night from you know, across the world, really. Um, so, in, the, in that respect, you know, we and we were able to help. So, you know, we were one of the people that could really be nimble and and move around and make sure that we we, we kept we kept product flowing. So, yes, the. Uh, the the quantum of increase from A inquiries and B sales went up many 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 hundreds of percent. Um, the what was what was interesting was to try and educate people too to say you don't need to buy uh, nasty cleaning products. You can actually buy you know, better, more environmentally friendly cleaning products. And also, um, I think there was a a poor miscommunication by. The government and the NHS stating that alcohol was the only product that managed to kill coronavirus, which is totally untrue. Um, so I was tweeting, stalking Professor Chris Whitty uh, on on <laughs> Twitter and the uh, head of the NHS telling them to change their language because that alcohol had run out and people couldn't get it mm. and their understanding was that it was the only product that could actually kill coronaviruses, which which is not true. There's lots of stuff that can, and we had we don't we had an alcohol product which we stopped selling because it has it has issues, or stopped making because it has issues, and we've got a better product that does a better job. Um, so yeah, that's where we are now. Again, after the initial panic and you know things are 
hopefully settled down a bit now. Um, are people more aware? Are they actually actively asking for greener products? Thank goodness things have settled on a lot. Uh, so, you know, supply chains were horrendous. We, you know, we make all of our stuff in the UK. However, raw materials do come from different parts of the world. And you know, the Spanish shut their borders. The Germans shut their borders, which kind of makes you question the uh, interconnectivity of the EU bloc. Um, and the Chinese shut their borders. So it was incredibly complicated to try and get product into or raw materials into the UK for us to blend them here. Um, that, that has settled down and, and things are, 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 are much, much better. I think the, what we are seeing is people on the, the not the great thing that, that lockdown was, but I think lockdown gave people time to reflect. And, I, and I, what we're seeing is we're seeing people thinking about their lives, their lifestyles, and how they can do things potentially differently going forward. So the notion of build back better I think is getting stronger and stronger and stronger and people are talking about it more openly going how do we reopen our businesses how do we kickstart our lives in a, in a, in a better way um, and one of those is you know, we, we don't want to be pouring nasty chemicals down the drain we can actually go and look for slightly more eco-friendly ones. There's an interesting article appearing in the September issue of Cleaning Matters um, from Delphi Seco and one of the quotes on here packaging is increasingly hitting the news as an area where businesses and consumers are driving change according to the BBC News an estimated 1.3 billion tonnes of plastic is destined for the environment by 240 unless global action is taken are the general public aware of this <laughs> do you think? Uh, more so more so um, it's still not it's still not mainstream, but I think I, I, I think more so. I think we we you would have seen on the the BBC uh, David Attenborough's latest um, extinction show, and I think everybody's now very aware that that we're in we're, we're in this in, in this kind of time zone that we need to really start to react and respond and take responsibility ourselves. Um, plastic is is um, Yes, it's. I'm a, I'm a I'm a supporter of plastic, but I'm a supporter of plastic because it has huge value. But I'm a massive uh, uh, critic of what we do with plastic after we've used it, um, and I think it's it's a it's a it's a shocking indictment that we can make things like this, but then don't think about the consequences afterwards. And I know Delphi Seco have uh, you've launched a hundred percent post-consumer recycled plastic bottles which is straight from UK waste streams, T tell me about that uh, yes, as I said I, I, I buy a lot of plastic um, obviously we bottle all our products in plastic and as I say I support, I support plastic as a, as, a, as a component it was just bizarre that I couldn't buy recycled plastic and I couldn't understand why I couldn't go to the local rubbish dump of where you see piles and piles of plastic and go, well, why can't I just take this and melt it down and reuse it? 
and you know create a circular infrastructure. You know, we're we're you know, we have factories across the across the Midlands, but our business is in London, and there's a, an incredible amount of waste in London. You just have to look at the Thames and see it floating down the Thames, and thought, why can't I take that waste, and why can't I repurpose it and make it into you know bottles that we can then we can then, uh, put our products into, and you know that was a an incredibly long, arduous, and, and difficult journey where every single person I spoke to said it was just not possible. Um, and I think it took probably six years fighting regulators and waste collectors and local authorities. And eventually we found somebody who wanted to help. And it took a year of R&D before we got to a point where we now have a fully closed-loop system where we take milk bottles and we reprocess milk bottles and we convert them into into um, into our cleaning products. We we did a one of our customers owns a, a rather large pub chain and they are um, they go through obviously a, a huge amount of milk bottles and we did a carbon calculation of if we took those milk bottles and converted them into our cleaning product bottles which then go straight back to the pubs would save them 14 tonnes of carbon. Because last year I know you launched the recycled plastic rating, the RPR. Can you tell us a bit about that? So the RPR um, I created to try and build awareness around around um, single-use plastic. There are 26, I think, ratings which talk about the recyclability of plastic, but there isn't a single rating which talks about whether it has been recycled, which again for me is strange, and I said we need to we need to turn the conversation completely on its head. It's not about whether a piece of packaging is recyclable; it's whether it has been recycled. And in my mind, you as the customer can then go into a shop and you can go, I am buying uh, conscientious a product that is wrapped in conscientious packaging versus I'm buying something that may or may not get recycled and I can do my best to put it into the waste stream but in reality I have absolutely no control whether it does or doesn't get recycled. Mm. If I buy something that has got a kite mark on it that says this has been recycled, the consequence of that will be your big consumer brands will then go to the the waste collectors saying we need recycled content and the waste collectors then go, okay, great, we now need to go and collect plastic and we'd rather recycle the plastic than just go and pretend we're collecting and recycling it, which they don't, and they send it to the Philippines and it then lands up in the ocean or it goes into rivers or goes into the environment. Again, in this feature, you're talking about uh, the future, moving away from single-use units and refillable solutions. What, what are the plans for that? I mean, obviously, everything we do is around trying to reduce our footprint. And I think it should be, and that, that's obviously Delphus, that's a Delphus Eco DNA, but that should be everybody's DNA. Um, and and you know, our, we don't encourage people to use single-use single, single use bottles. We don't encourage people to, to throw things away. We encourage people to reuse them, and we encourage them to try and buy concentrates and then refill from a from a concentrate, which means you have a massive reduction in plastic. You have a massive reduction in carbon. Um, so, so it, it's a constant 
educational program where we try and say to people, you know, it's, we don't want to be in this waste society or thinking. We want to, we want to go into a, a more circular reuse, rethink um, model. Through social media outlets, so I think there is a much more awareness uh, of sustainability these days. Are, are you finding that, you know, since the say over the last five years or so? Certainly, certainly. Um, there's 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 a huge amount of awareness. I, I I've been doing this. I left my 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 overpaid banking job in two thousand and seven, and you know, with a desire to try and help change the world and create a a net positive business. Um, so, you know, I've been doing this for a while, and you know, I always remark that in in two thousand eight, two thousand and nine, there was just there, there there wasn't a single company that had a, a person with a title, you know, say sustainability officer. They just didn't exist. Um, and now, you see BP. Mm with a huge environmental policy, which I hugely applaud, and the stock markets applauded it. And you know, they've, they've got some very big hitting, very impressive sustainability officers um, advising the chief exec. So, so in that respect, yes, there's been a huge shift. Um, as far as I'm aware, I think there are only 12 FTSE companies with individuals that represent sustainability on their boards but you know that that's another thing that's going to have to change you're going to have to have somebody on your board that actually has accountability for sustainability within your business um, my nervousness in you know when I when I left my banking job in 2008 and thought you know the world has to go green we were in a triple dip recession you know in the teeth of a howling gale and nobody cared um, I I fear, but I I fear yeah. that we with the current pandemic, people it will go off the you know the boil of it. Um, I'm I'm the people that I've asked say that it won't. It's now too embedded. It's too ingrained. There are too many people that have a, a vested interest for this to only get higher up the agenda versus slip down the agenda. Yeah, I think going forward, I mean, the average person, you don't want to generalise, um, this time last year may not have considered hand sanitizer as a vital you know, part of living. I think now that ethos has changed, surely sustainability is the natural progression as people, you know, it's an essential, you know, bread, milk, sanitizer. So it, it's got to be inevitable, hasn't it? You know, sustainability is going to be more ingrained in the uh, general public well cle- and certainly cleaning is um, you know people will uh, you know, so cleaning cleaning is going to is, is now in and and that and that behavior will not change I don't believe for the next uh, going forward it's it's now up to us to educate to say do you know what you don't have to use nasty cleaning products uh, in your homes and in your offices, you need to, you can use better, more environmentally friendly cleaning products that do the same job, that do not impact you as the user or the cleaner or your clients and customers that come into your environments. And I think that's what's really important to to educate is that yes, we are now in this hyper clean environment, but let's let's be conscious about our our, our purchase choice. 
I'm guessing there's a difference in educating the public and educating, say, purchasers or buyers uh, who may be limited by, you know, have budgetary constraints. Is that, you know, you hear stories of people saying, well, we're definitely going to go greener, we're going to buy this particular product. If somebody's on a budget, they're going to go up for the cheapest one sometimes. How do you, how do you educate those, that kind of attitude? So... Um, I would say being the cynical old banker um, the the in, in my experience dealing with buyers they don't care about sustainability they care about whether the product works and whether it's cost effective third is sustainability um, so you know, our products are priced they have to work first and foremost. They have to be cost effective, second, and then yes, they have a sustainability element to them on the side. So, yeah, I, yeah our products are not more expensive, and eco-friendly products are not more expensive. There are many brand, there are a few brands that are more expensive, but in in my mind, we don't in in, in the in the commercial market. You have to be price sensitive and be able to offer your products to everybody. There's loads of cheap and nasty products out there, but they are not sustainable. But you know, from a from a general perspective, if you are the facilities manager of a of a big building, you 100% can get your hands on eco-friendly products that do that are in line with the nasty stuff that you're currently buying. So as we continue this year um as we're recording today there's been further announcements that uh, things may not be uh, pressing forward as we'd hoped for the time being so but how difficult is it to plan uh, going forward <laughs> the simple answer is very uh, <laughs> it, it's very difficult um i mean in in my business our big market is is um contract catering and contract cleaning um, most of which is is, is London centric, um, home counties based. The twenty third of March, ninety five percent of our business stopped. Um, very luckily, at Christmas we launched a, a consumer brand in Ocado and in a, in a bunch of other retail shops, which right. which went through the roof. Um, so I think the retail arm of the business is is in a very good place. The you know on the B two B side, when does the city recover? When do the contract caterers come back to life? When will people come back into their offices? Um, and that and that's a tough that's a really really tough one to call. And I, I'm I'm slightly bearish in that I don't think I don't think we are going to see any form of normality until. Q2 next year, um, being being as 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 bullish as I possibly can be. So how to how to plan and and strategize is 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 hard uh, for for all businesses, and I and I I feel for 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 all businesses. So let's end on a positive note. What what in a global pandemic? Let's find some positives. What. What have we learned from all of this? I think there's some great learnings. I think there's some, there really are some great learnings. I think, yeah, at a, 
you know, at, a, at a macro level, we've all had to reflect on on many, many, many different things. And I think what is coming out is people are looking at their lifestyles going, actually, do you know what? We, we can change our lifestyle. We can live differently. We can behave differently. And, and I think it's given everybody the, that kind of stop, rethink, and then choose a new path to, to be able to behave more responsibly and more sustainably. Um, so I think from a sustainability perspective, this is a, this is a huge kind of marker where the world is going gonna, is gonna to come out of this and think, actually, we, we, we need to behave differently. And, and one of those behavioral changes will be living more sustainably, thinking more sustainably, um, um, and, and the, the environment will be, will be a benefactor. Mark Yankovic, CEO of Office Eco, thanks very much for your time. And for more information on Cleaning Matters magazine, sponsored by Facilities Event, go to cleaning-matters.co.uk.